You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. Thank you to my dad for that intro. It's his birthday today as we record this. Happy birthday to my dad, Edward Long Jr., the greatest dad in the whole world. Happy birthday, Mr. Eddie. That's right. That voice you hear right there is Christopher Tiny Sullivan, the brains behind the Earth Oddity podcast. Greetings. Uh, my name is John, the looks behind <laughs> Earth Oddity podcast, and we are here today to brighten your lives for a brief period of time, um, like we do each and every week. This is our Thanksgiving edition. And I'm thankful to be recording a podcast in a closet with another grown man. <laughs> Um, who I'm consider, whom I consider to be a friend. How you doing today, Chris? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing much better now that I'm sitting in said closet recording said podcast. Yeah. I started the day with a funeral. Oh, and yeah. And after that, I went to a birthday party for okay. a 90 year old man. Circle of life. <laughs> Not the most lit party I've ever been to. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you go to a birthday party for a lot of friends and family, I find that usually what that means is I'm not going to sit around and talk with a bunch of my friends and, yeah. and family who were there, I'm going to watch kids for two yeah, hours of course, while right. all the other adults conversate and yeah. have fun. So, yeah. But there I, was birthday cake. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's always a plus. <laughs> I get stuck on kid duty a lot too. In fact, I'm, I'm alone with four kids today <laughs> and have, we went to the grocery store together. That was quite an experience. And, uh, and then Thomas and Hudson both have music lessons today. So we did all that together as a family. And when I got home, I was like, Hey, I'm sitting down to watch football. Nobody talked to me for a long time. <laughs> go do something, go watch TV, go do whatever you want to, but I'm watching football and I don't want to hear anything from kids for at least an hour and a half, two hours. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of stories you got this week? Man, we got Elon Musk back in the news again. Okay. We've got... Elongated muskrat. <laughs> yes. I forgot about him. <laughs> we also have a story about Florida man's best friend. Okay. So, what do you got this week? Uh, I got a congressman who uh, passed gas on air. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like an impressive one. Hashtag fartgate. Yes, that's right. Yes. Um, also, we know where Jimmy Hoffa's buried now. Oh, allegedly. Nice. Okay. So, we're ending the mystery today on Earth Oddity Podcast. Case closed. Case closed. Right. He was in the dump the whole time. Exactly. He was in a <laughs> dump. So, yeah. I mean, this is where you dump a body, right? This is where I've dumped all mine. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. So, you want to start out? You want me to get it kicked off? Yeah, I can kick it off. Let's see. Elon Musk net worth plunges $768 million in a day after his Cybertruck fiasco. Oh, wow. That's no. a lot of money. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's probably a not a lot of money, money to him, but yeah. a lot of money to me. I mean, this has happened before. He has you know, made statements on Twitter. I remember 
He was on yeah. the Joe Rogan podcast and he smoked weed. Yes, and immediately right. people yeah. started dumping his stock. Of course, right. it bounced back. I mean, he's a genius. He's going yeah. to get it back. But he debuted what he called a cyber truck. It's, yeah. it's Tesla's first shot at releasing a truck. Yeah. Looks nothing of the sort, at least not no. down here in the southeastern United States. Looks a lot like a DeLorean. It does. I mean, a whole lot like a DeLorean. <laughs> but not a truck you would see, you know, somebody mud riding in down here. Right. But anyway, this uh, this story comes from The Guardian, and it starts off, Does the act of someone's net worth plummeting make an actual sound? If so, then for Elon Musk, it would be the thonk of a metal ball splintering the purportedly unbreakable glass of his long-awaited Cybertruck. <laughs> that was a great clip. <laughs> it really was. Well, like I said, we need to give Elon credit for creating a metal ball that will break unshatterable <laughs> gr- glass. That's impressive. <laughs> no, yeah, Very impressive. <laughs> like, uh, if I was Batman, I think I yeah. would uh, I would fire Lucius Fox and, <laughs> and hire Elon Musk to build my armory. I didn't know, I don't know Lucius Fox in Batman lore. I thought Alfred did everything. <laughs> well, now, he's only in the uh, Christopher Nolan movies. So. Oh, okay. He oh. Played by Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I guess. I, I've only seen one Batman. That was the first one who came out, and I've only watched it in French. <laughs> in French class. And the only thing. People, I, you see what I got to work with here? The you only, see this? The only thing. This is when I think Michael Keaton was Batman, right? Yeah, yeah. The only thing I understood in the whole movie is when the guy goes, Who are you? And he says, I'm Batman. He was right. like, Qu'est-ce que tu vas? And he goes, Just sweet Batman. Like that. And that's the only thing I understood in the whole movie. Okay. Thank you, French, too. All right. Another reason to learn French if you're in small rural northwest Alabama. Well, anyway, it says Thursday's unveiling of Tesla's latest electronic vehicle hit a snag when the company's chief designer, who came out there in his skinny jeans and his black t shirt, yeah. they had just got done saying that it was had it was bulletproof. Right, bulletproof. <laughs> and they don't fire a gun at it. But Which they should get, have been the smart thing to do. <laughs> but they get this guy with a metal ball to throw the metal ball at the glass. Yes. And it it doesn't it doesn't shatter everywhere. Right. But it, it, yeah, yeah. It definitely it the, yeah, definitely cracked the glass. <laughs> yes. Which a friend of mine sent me the clip. It's like you gotta watch this. And so when he reared back, I was like, ball's about to bounce back and hit him right in the face. You know, that's what I thought was gonna happen. And I was pleasantly surprised that it just busted a window. <laughs> he had just got done saying it's literally bulletproof to a nine millimeter handgun. Okay. Well, if that's the truth, then maybe they should have used a nine millimeter handgun. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And not a cannonball. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the guy picks it up and does it again. In, and it just smashes another window. <laughs> ah. You know, after they went off stage, he was like, man, I told you not to throw it so hard. You know, yeah. I just toss it. That's all you had to do was toss it. He said, well, at least it didn't go through. <laughs> That's the plus side. <laughs> and then he later on Twitter tweeted out, it says, we threw the same steel ball at the same window several times right before the event, and it didn't even scratch the glass. Sure, Elon. <laughs> yeah, right. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. You weakened it. That's like when you can't get a jar open and you try forever and you hand it to somebody else. They you hand it to your open. wife and she yeah. just opens it for a you're like, try. okay, I loosened it up for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he lost $768 million. 
in I, in probably you know stock sale and again yeah whatever. I'm sure it'll bounce back but his stock it says dropped six percent right after they did Good this demonstration Lord. like you know real time yeah right after that it dropped six percent i wonder if it was just because of the ball stunt or because the truck was really ugly it didn't even look like it had a bed on it i, was, I don't know why they're calling it a truck yeah like you can't haul any no. lumber in the back of it or whatever or it, put kids in it and go down a dirt road it looked like a delorean with big tires <laughs> with big tires That's on exactly it. what it looked like <laughs> yes. yeah you know and i'm i'm actually excited about you know electric car technology you know i think that's really cool and we came a long way mm -hmm. and it only makes sense to move into trucks but they should have if this is a truck you know i'll eat my hat that is not a truck <laughs> no. it's more of an suv i guess maybe it looks like a triangle on yeah. wheels. Yeah, it's like we stuck two tri. It looks like a truck my kid drew in second grade. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's exactly what it looks like with two smashed windows. <laughs> two smashed windows. Golly, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, hey, you're a genius, you know, and everything, Elon. <laughs> yes, I know you love the podcast too, <laughs> and we've been longtime supporters of you. But we gotta, I mean, we gotta work that out before we get out on stage at the nerd <laughs> convention. And embarrass yourself like that, you know? I hope his uh his dragon capsule, what if it's up there in space and a little micro meteorite hits it and shatters the glass out? <laughs> yeah. I mean that's wild. It's just oh, wild. Man. But you know, I mean, I hope I hope he's able to recover from his seven hundred and sixty eight million dollar loss, you know. Well, for him that's like, you know, it's nothing. He's a billionaire, like, right? Yeah, it's like lighting a dollar bill on fire to yeah. him, you know, it's yeah. no big deal. He's good. He's yeah. good. Yeah, he's he's fine. He's not going to miss a meal or anything. No. Or be able to not. I saw also that one of SpaceX's uh, rockets blew up this week on the okay. launch pad. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because that, that, I mean, that happens occasionally. Yeah, sure, in space programs. And rocket science is hard. It, very hard. But yeah. if you want to, if you, I mean, at some point, you're going to need to put astronauts on those. Right. And when that happens, so you can't have them yeah. blowing up. No, no. We've had that happen a few times. Let's work all the kinks out before we do that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, rocket science is real hard. That's why we hired a bunch of Nazis to do it for us. <laughs> yeah. you know? And that's also why. We don't talk about that enough, you know. <laughs> that's also, doesn't matter what you're doing, it's not rocket science. <laughs> that's right, you yes. Know? Or as a friend of mine says, it's not rocket surgery. <laughs> so, well, let's move on here to one of the great mysteries of the whole 20th century, which is where is Jimmy Hoffa buried? Right. People have said he's been buried under the end zone and giant mm -hmm. stadium. They've said he's buried uh, in the some field in the middle of Illinois. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows where Jimmy Hoffa's buried until we've. Today. I was gonna say we've had psychics come forward telling yeah. us where he is. Right. So far, they've all failed. Right. Yes. And so now we know. Now we know. We know. Thanks to the Atlanta Journal Constitution and Earth Oddity Podcast and Earth Oddity <laughs> Podcast in a collaborative effort, <laughs> and we've worked together on this story. <laughs> a leading Hoffa expert, author Dan Moldia, says that new evidence could solve once and for all the mystery of Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance. Okay, you said evidence there. Mm -hmm. I would like everybody just to keep that in their mind. In their mind, evidence. evidence. Okay, proceed. Right. Moldia said a former New Jersey landfill known as Brother Moscata's Dump may hold the grave of the former Teamsters boss who was disappeared from a Bloomsfield Township 
in Michigan restaurant on July 30th, 1975, almost a year before I was born, a little over a year before I was born. He probably knew I was coming along to sense <laughs> me, you know. I thought he was friends with the Clintons. <laughs> <laughs> Modia has been covering Hoffa since before he disappeared and wrote the book The Hoffa Wars in 1978 based on dozens of interviews with key figures in the case. He said a new lead brings together the correct cast of characters, the right timeline of events and information from other interviews he has done in his, in his decades of researching the case. I've never seen a lead this good for Hoffa's body, Modia said. So All that right. sounds very encouraging. I'm still waiting with bated breath on the evidence. He's been on six of these digs myself, and I've come away from all of them disappointed. But nothing was even in the same universe as this. Okay. So he's very encouraged. So Detroit FBI officials told the Detroit Free Press on Thursday that they haven't yet heard of Moldea's new evidence, so they're willing to search the dump if the tip pans out. What's the lead? Come on, AJC. Oh, here's the FBI spokesman. Absolutely. If we have credible evidence that leads to a location, FBI spokeswoman Maria Schneider said, mm -hmm. the case has been going on for so long and there's so much interest in finding Mr. Hoffa, we would very much like to be able to solve this. So Modia's latest information, his lead comes from Frank Coppola. Okay. Whose father, Paul Coppola, was a partner in the dump at the time Hoffa disappeared. And the younger Coppola said as his father was dying in 2008, he recounted what happened so that Hoffa's family could eventually recover his remains. Hmm. So, earlier this year, the younger Coppola signed a sworn affidavit with Maldia spelling out his father's version of events. It tracks with previous theories that Hoffa was killed in Metro Detroit, stuffed in a drum, loaded on a truck, and driven to New Jersey. Among the details were Hoffa's corpse was brought to the dump for disposal. Because it was awkwardly placed in the drum in which it was transported, the body was moved to the new one. The corpse wouldn't fit into the new drum feet first, so it was shoved in head first. Okay, as you do. Sure you have experience. <laughs> Coppola used a front-end loader to bury the barrel in a pre-dug hole at the dump. So cover it up, basically. Well, he covered it with 15 to 30 other drums containing chemical waste. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Chemical waste? Mm -hmm. I, I thought we don't treat that a little more careful. Well, this is 75. We were okay. dumping it in like rivers <laughs> and people's backyards. We didn't care. Toothpaste. Uh, yeah. Coppola buried a marker over the spot that should be easy to find. Okay. Now, hold on a second. Time out. If you're trying to hide a body, why would you ever put any kind of marker over a grave that I, you don't want anyone to find? I don't know. I don't okay. know. It says the elder Coppola even showed his son years later the spot of the burial according to the sworn affidavit. The younger Coppola has agreed to take a polygraph test and cooperate with law enforcement. Modella and Coppola recorded an interview with Eric Sean of Fox News which published his account of his research in the case. The dump Formerly, which is now formerly known as PJP Landfield, covers about 87 acres on the east bank of Hackensack River in New Jersey, uh, of the Hackensack River in Jersey City, New Jersey, and it's about three and a half miles northwest of the Statue of Liberty. So, hmm. now, so that's where Hoffa is. Everybody quit worrying <laughs> about it. We know where he is. Or, 
the son here wants to get all this chemical waste and dirt cleaned out of this dump so he can turn around and sell it for a real estate development or something. And this is his way of getting it done. Brilliant. Either way, we're going to find out soon, you know. But the skeptic in me has to think that, yeah, you wouldn't be marking the grave right. of, like, Jimmy Hoffa. If and then all. what? You tell your kid, hey, right over there, that's yeah. where we buried Jimmy Hoffa. And then it doesn't get out. You don't go to school the next day and tell all your friends, well, he, hey, I know where Jimmy Hoffa's buried. He waited until he was dying to tell his kid, which was in 2008. So his kid sat on this information <laughs> for what? Almost 12 years now, right? right? Before yeah. he comes out and goes, hey, guys, guess what? Jimmy Hoffa's buried right here. <laughs> you know, don't you go out there and just dig it up yourself first? Uh, you know, well, I guess it depends on if I have access to a backhoe or not. You would think you can get one. You can rent one of those, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, if somebody told me right now, hey, I know where this buried treasure is. Yeah. Let's go dig it up. I'd be like, you know, I'm going to have to get some money together before I can just go rent a backhoe. <laughs> you know? Uh, let's put it on the card. <laughs> I'm going to need some help. I'm going to have to talk to my buddy Phil. <laughs> That's who we call you. That's who we would call. I feel it. We need to borrow back up. You got a lot of money, but uh, we don't. Could you help us out? We need maybe like a dump truck, a few backhoes, (laughs) some people who actually know how to run them. Remember that time you helped my father-in-law move that playground? (laughs) Way more work than that. A little more involved. A little more involved. Tiny's looking for a treasure, and (laughs) I was just wondering if we could borrow a lot of heavy equipment for free. We'll pay for the fuel after we get the treasure. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. We'll give you all the credit for the fine, oh, yeah, yeah. so long as we get all the financial assets. Yeah, yeah. you don't need no honey anyway, so just let us have it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe he is buried there. Jimmy Hoffa's buried there. I don't know, but I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I think you're like, hey, daddy was burying chemical drums all over this property and we can't sell it now because the EPA is going to make us clean it up. Let's get the FBI here to start hauling off a bunch of dirt for us for free. You know? Right. And then, oh, and then, and then when they don't find there. him, it's like, oh, my dad was a liar. Yeah. Oh, goodness. My dad lied to me, you know? <laughs> yes. And you're like, well, you know, good thing we got all these chemical barrels cleaned. Uh, how does uh, five million sound for this property we got here? Somebody come build a bunch of garden homes in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm woke on this. Garden homes with garden homes. That's right. Well, see, uh, I would think you could do some good garden home developments in New Jersey because it's the Garden State. Oh, there you, you go. Know. There you go. That's their slogan. Yeah. Well. Of course, we're Alabama the beautiful, so that doesn't always mean things are true <laughs> or not. Although Alabama is very Alabama beautiful. Alabama is beautiful. He said we have people who litter all the time. Yes. Like, we have the most litterers of any state in the Union, I would say. And we have also one of the most eco-biodiverse states in the United States. And people just throw beer cans and, like, McDonald's sacks out in the road all the time. Well, maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe so. I mean, the, the bacteria? <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. I hate it, though. <laughs> when when I think of Alabama the Beautiful, I think of uh, Alabama the Beautiful as in, like, culturally beautiful. Okay. I, I, mean, I think of women, personally. <laughs> we else? have some smoke show women do. down here. I mean... <laughs> Unreal. Where else in the union can you go to a flea market and see yeah. a seven-year-old kid running around in a, in a diaper drinking Coca-Cola <laughs> out of a baby bottle? Kid in a diaper. Yes. Yes, drinking Coke out of a baby bottle with a butterfly knife. And his mama looks like she should be on the runway somewhere. <laughs> That's right. True. And her husband built like a cannonball wearing a tank top. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shaved head, <laughs> goatee. 
you yes. know, rebel flag tattoo, probably <laughs> Harley shirt, sleeves cut off of. Yes. Yeah. No. Alabama, That's, the beautiful. Alabama, the beautiful. That's right. We dare defend our rights. Yeah. There we go. Come on. They should put us on the tourism committee. You they know, should. For the state. Okay, Ivy, get that fired up. <laughs> well, anyway, our next story here. You know, here on Earth Oddity, we try to keep an eye on AI because mm-hmm. we know it's coming for us. It's oh, only yeah. a matter of time. Yeah, it's going to kill us all. Had a discussion with one of our listeners, John Myrick, about that this week, about how AI will one day kill us all. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this is just, I guess, latest here. High Tech Japan uses AI in a song to welcome the Pope. Okay. All right. And this comes from Tokyo. Is it Gangnam Style? <laughs> That's Korea. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Says a few aspects of life escape the touch of high tech in cutting edge Japan, including an official song written to welcome Pope Francis when he visits Japan this Saturday, which I guess has today. Oh, yeah. That's right. He's there. Uh, written by Jun Inoyu. It sounds right to me. <laughs> that's Nailed perfect. It. The song Protect All Life, The Signs of the Times is based on the theme of the Pope's Japan visit and was partly composed using artificial intelligence. So Protect All Life. So yes. It's an anti-abortion theme song is what it is. This <laughs> guy's trying to get canceled is what is happening. Maybe. Anyway. It says that he, a producer and composer who has written for top bands such as Arashi. Oh, I know them. Yeah, and, he is, and he is Catholic. He agonized over using the AI program, but he finally decided to include it because the history of music and technology were intertwined. Okay. That, and he was totally drawing a blank. Let's just say, yeah, a little <laughs> bit of writer's course. block. Yeah. A little bit of writer's block. Okay. <laughs> he says, I thought I should give everything I had to the song, and so I decided to put in all the cutting-edge technology I had, he told Reuters. He shares composing credit with Amadeus Code AI. Okay. Uh, the song, which was written at the behest of Catholic Bishops Conference of Japan, will be played at masses in the city of Nagasaki, as well as Tokyo, and comes in several versions, including instrumental and karaoke versions. And this is the part that I love here. There are also dance steps and stylized hand gestures sure. that are the Japanese sign language version of the lyrics and a teaching video posted on the official website for the Pope's visit. I did everything I could <laughs> to get this video to play, and I couldn't do it. So Aww. I'm going to try again later. But NOU hopes worshipers at the public masses to be held at stadiums will sing and dance along with the song. While the footwork is simple, consisting of side-to-side steps in time to the music, the sign language may take a bit more time to master. There are a lot of people who live in a world without sound, and I would like them to understand the meaning of the lyrics and the message, he said. Theme songs for Papal Visits have been composed before. One has been unveiled for Thailand, where Francis will visit before Japan. His visit is from November 23rd to the 26th, which will also include Hiroshima and is only the second Papal visit to Japan, the first since John Paul II 38 years ago. Okay. So I imagine, you know, anyone out there familiar with Baptist Youth Group, I imagine just, you know, you come from heaven to earth doing emotions. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
It'll be Our something God like that. God is an awesome God. He reigns. <laughs> yes. Which, you know, this is nothing to do with this. Uh, but do you remember like uh, a guy, his name was Carmen and he was like a Christian singer and he was like very mysterious or whatever. Of course I remember Carmen. Okay. I grew I mean, up in the 90s. Okay, yeah, I was thinking too. Like, he fell way off. I haven't heard of him in a long time. Is he still alive? I think so. Somebody let us know if Carmen's still alive. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to try to get him on the podcast, you know? Of course we would. Yeah. I, I, I mean, would take anybody. <laughs> if anybody knows Carmen, if he's still alive, then I would love to talk to him, you know? Because he yeah. was just like, he went away and he was on the top of the world, you know? Yeah, he was like, well, he was on top of the Christian Baptist world. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now he was playing youth conferences all across the South. He had his so. agent 316. <laughs> That's true. That's exactly right. What happened to Carmen? You know, I don't know. Can we get Carmen to write a song for the Pope? He could do it without a generator. You know, maybe he got taken up into heaven like Elisha. Maybe so. Yeah, <laughs> him, Elisha, Enoch—they're all <laughs> taken up <laughs> in a fiery chariot. Yeah. Well, Carmen. I wonder what happened to Carmen. Well, you know, speaking of AI generators, you know. There's one I found a while back, and I just searched it up, and it's a bro country song yeah. generator. And you click the button, and it gives you lyrics for your bro country song. Like this one is, tequila bed of my truck, get my love on, Bocephus cannot. <laughs> Let me click it again. Wild turkey truck denim lip gloss thing. <laughs> Uh, that's not a real song. No, but that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> you just that day I come up with that just right now. Yep. Okay. Goose Dodge Dirt Road Straight Honey Moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'll I could read them all night long. Let's see what the last one we is. We just need to find the uh the Catholic uh Japanese version of this. Yeah, I don't know if the Pope would really like <laughs> me saying, get my buzz on, Dodge, get my love on, can late at night. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Lone Star bed of my truck, baby. Two chains thing, moonlight. A lot of moonlight going on in bro country, apparently. And also the two chains thing. You can see how hip hop has also influenced country music. That's true. That's true. You know, which I'm all for the blending of music genres. I think that's a very cool thing. Some country traditionalists hate it. And I kind of understand because I don't really like bro country, but right. I think the more we can just get to one, it's all one big song, anyways, as my friend Bill Walton says, but. <laughs> Um, it's beautiful. It's yeah. all one big song. It's all one big song. So we're all playing one big song here, whether it's Carmen or the Pope guy over here in Japan yeah. or the dead or whoever. So, but I hope the Pope enjoys it. I would like to see the Pope doing the dance with them, <laughs> yes. you know, with his robe on and all that. This Pope, and I'm not a Pope, you know, I don't know a whole lot about papal tendencies or anything right but he's not a big hat pope you know he never wears the big hat does he uh i'm like you i haven't really kept tabs on the latest yeah. pope. he wears like the little the skull cap do-rag looking thing you know mm -hmm. more than anything it's not a yarmulke but <laughs> but it kind of looks like a yarmulke well like the big pope hat isn't that for uh masses that he conducts i guess at versailles or wherever we need to get squirrel on you know, he would know. Yes. But yeah, I don't know a lot about the Pope, but if I was a Pope, I would be all out big hat all the time, you know, over everything. The biggest hat. Yeah, the biggest one you can get me, the biggest one I can legally wear. Like, give me the same one Peter wore, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. what I want, right? <laughs> I want the one Peter wore. Break it out. I know y'all got it in a safe or something here. With two drink cans on the side. That's right. <laughs> 
I come out on the balcony there, you know, like the square. And I had my with two beer cans on the side of it, like blessing the people, get some sips of beer. That'd be great. This is why I could never be poet. You know, right, yes. it'd be all jeweled up too, of course. Yeah, yeah that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, oh man, that's hilarious. All right, well, let's move on to a, a, a real-life hero. We don't have a lot of heroes in the world anymore. There's there's Tua <laughs> and the Pope, and that's about it. You know? The rest of them are working for Disney. It's true. A hero doctor saves a man's life after sucking urine from his bladder mid-flight. Oh, my. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. There's video of it, too, so check the show notes. <laughs> now, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? What's that link again? <laughs> this is from the express.co.uk. Okay. okay. It's All a right. legit site, okay? <laughs> okay. A doctor has dramatically saved an elder, elderly man's life mid-flight after sucking urine from his bladder. The shocking situation was caught on camera and has quickly gone viral. Uh, no pun intended. The incident occurred on a China Southern Airlines plane, which departed from China to New York on the 19th of November. Flight attendants were walking around the plane at around 1.55 a.m. to ensure all passengers were comfortable. It was then that the head of the cabin crew was alerted to an elderly passenger in urgent need of medical assistance. After going over to check on the passenger, the head of the cabin crew found him in a cold sweat. Cabin crew then searched among other passengers for a doctor and made the man a temporary bed in the crew area. After an announcement, Dr. Zhang, a vascular surgeon, rushed to examine the man. He found the man's bladder was filled with around 100 milliliters of urine and he was unable to urinate himself. Sounds like Pawpaw spent a little time in the airport bar before they took off, you know, knocking <laughs> yeah. back a few brewskis. And he just he just wasn't able to, wasn't to able go to number go. one? If the urine was not released quickly, the man's bladder could rupture, leading to potentially fatal consequences. That would be bad. Yeah. Thinking quickly, Dr. Zane knew he had to drain the urine, so he started preparing equipment he needed from what was on board, including a portable oxygen mask, a syringe needle, a bottle milk straw and tape. Okay. So MacGyver right here, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm so glad that he was able to have the tools necessary to perform this without having to, you know, yeah, right. this manual. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I was old man, I, when he was like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suck the urine out of you. I'd be like, let's land the plane, y'all. That's just, <laughs> this ain't no rattlesnake bite. Right. I'm Baptist. I can't let you do that. You know, <laughs> they'll never let me back in church. I, I can't let you do that, sir. So he punctured the man's bladder with the intention of siphoning the urine out. But because cabin space was limited, the siphoning device could not work properly. It's hard to siphon sometimes, you know. I've siphoned gas before. We all have down here in the South. It's just yes. what you do. You don't have any money. You got to get some gas. Go to your neighbor's house. It's called a loan. Everybody knows that. The bladder was so inflated that the pressure made drainage difficult, and it was then that Dr. Zhang thought to suck the urine out using his mouth. Oh. And he said it was the best way to control the speed at which the urine was discharged. I, why do you care about the speed? Let's, let's get it out there as quick as possible. I don't know. I mean, I'm, not, I'm no doctor. He used a, stu a tube to suck out seven to 800 milliliters of urine, and the man's condition improved. For the next 37 minutes, the doctor sucked out the urine, spitting it into a cup to ensure the man's bladder was empty. This man needs a medal. 
Absolutely, he does. <laughs> oh my god! Absolutely, because you know, if I was a doctor, I'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> you're going to die." <laughs> looks, I mean, looks bad for you, sir. I don't think there's anything we can do for you. Would you like to give me a message to relay to your wife and children? Yeah. The crew poured the urine in the bottles, in bottles, so that Dr. Zang could see how much urine was discharged and get a clearer idea of the patient's condition. His quick actions ensured the patient was in a stable condition until the plane landed and he was able to get medical help from a hospital. Um, Flights can often be the site of medical emergencies, uh, according to this article on his webpage, which reloads every 10 seconds. (laughs) Right. uh, Anyways... That's hero actions right there. It really is. That'll get you in a boy's life. Yeah. For sure. You know? And we need more people like Dr. Zhang in the world. I should probably be more like Dr. Zhang in the world. <laughs> Coincidentally, Dr. Yeah. Zhang, he happens to be R. Kelly's doctor as well. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> the, the best part of this story is mm-hmm. that he was using a tube. To suck it out. <laughs> yes. When I originally read the headline, you don't do a whole lot of preparation just to pull the curtain back. I'm sure all of our listeners think we spend hours preparing for this show once they listen to it every week. <laughs> when I read the headline, I was like, "Ooh, man, that's a that's a tough one right there. You're gonna get a neck cramp or something on that, you know?" Yes. And so I was like, a little. I was like, man, I, I don't know, but he at least he used like. What I guess is the equivalent of a catheter to, right. to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, oh. you know, like if you're siphoning gas or something, once you get it going, it'll just keep on coming out. You know what I'm saying? Well, if you, you know, well, yeah. Yeah. Once it's got that vacuum. Yeah. Once you get the vacuum mm-hmm. started, which just a little tip. Well, he was worried if you about. you blow in there first, <laughs> it'll create like a backflow and that'll help get it started without you having to get it all in your mouth. <laughs> Just in case anybody ever has to siphon some urine or gasoline out, you know. I don't know if Dr. Zhang knew that, but I would have blew in there first, you know. I bet you would have. I would have given him a little blow. Right. That's what you got to do. Of course. You know. Everybody who siphons knows that. My papa taught me that when I was like five years old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's just what you do to get it started. Everybody knows. So, anyways, thank you, Dr. Shane. Yes. I hope you're on every flight I ever fly on for the rest of my life, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I don't know if this counts as a mile-high club thing, but I would <laughs> I would claim it if I was you. Well, John, what do you think about, like, car thieves? It's, like, terrible, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, nobody's really looking to steal my car, so I don't worry too much about it, you know? Yeah, but especially, like, you know, there's a lot of, well, there's some people who don't have cars, but if you do have a car, I mean, that's how you get to work. Sure. That's how you take your yeah. kids. Yeah, then, thievery in any kind is never good. Right. You know, general statement, yeah. And Outside it, of stealing food to feed your family, yeah. you know? And if someone gets your car, you know, that, that creates so many problems yeah. for people. Right. But what if that car thief is a cute little Labrador puppy dog? Oh, okay. That changes a little bit. <laughs> Don't that shift everything 180 right. degrees? Yeah. Yeah, that does. <laughs> Florida dog left in car drives in circles for an hour. Oh, wow. Now, this is a... Uh, this is Florida man's best friend, Florida dog. <laughs> Florida dog. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> this was from Port St. Lucie in Florida. Okay. Florida authorities say they responded to a rogue vehicle spinning in reverse around a suburban cul-de-sac with a lone culprit inside a black Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> News outlets report. I didn't see him. I didn't see the police responding when a white Labrador was in there. <laughs> That's just... I mean, <laughs> 
Goodness, Black <laughs> Labs Matter. Everybody knows this. Yes. Goodness gracious. <laughs> News outlets report residents called police Thursday after seeing the dog trapped and clamoring around in the car as it spun in circles in the neighborhood. <laughs> police say they think the dog's owner stepped away from the running car, and that's when the pet knocked it into reverse. Mm. Neighbor Ann Sebel says after she watched the furry speed racer take out a mailbox in a trash can. <laughs> She says that the dog was in high spirits after being rescued, adding that it jumped out of the car, wagging its tail. Of course, it was so proud of itself, I bet. (laughs) Police stopped the joyride by punching a passcode into the driver's door, and no one was hurt. Uh, Ah, so it had one of those, like, keypads on the door? It's like an old Ford Taurus or something, right? I know. Yeah, Yeah, okay. So, and, you know, there's a video with this. I watched the video. And I feel like I could have gotten in the car. We discussed this. <laughs> For an hour, right. there was p- cops, there were firemen, <laughs> and they were all just hanging out watching this dog go around Well, they were all like, look, I got to get this uploaded on my Snapchat first, guys, before we do anything. <laughs> yes. you know, I got to get some good footage of this. There was nobody in a hurry to stop this car. <laughs> right. It was just rolling around in circles. <laughs> and, you know... uh I mean, I know it wasn't going fast, but if I knew the passcode, I could get into that car real easy. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on, cops. <laughs> you know? I mean, well, that's pretty wild. They probably called everybody down, too. Hey, y'all, come on down here and look at this, you know? What if that dog got down on the floor and accidentally stepped on the accelerator? Right. Yeah. That'd or, real like, bad. straighten the steering wheel up, you know, like, hit the steering wheel and yeah. it happened to straighten up, then it would have been real bad. Yeah. Or maybe the dog would have, like, headed on down to the pet store, you know, <laughs> I don't know. parked up and went in and got him some food or something. I think there was a guardian angel walking, watching over be. that dog that day. <laughs> had to be. Had to be. <laughs> but it's pretty wild, though, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like an animal would be the only thing that would steal my car, too. You know, <laughs> I actively try to get it stolen, and no one will, so. Right. Yeah, you know, whatever. If someone's stealing my car, it's because they need to get somewhere fast. <laughs> And there's nothing else to say. Yeah, there's nothing else around. (laughs) Okay, so this is the next story here about Representative Eric Swalwell, right? Isn't that how you say his name, Swalwell? I believe so. And he appeared to break wind live on the air. So there's a video. (laughs) I'm sure you've seen the video. If not, check our show notes or or just Google it. It says, (laughs) Representative Eric Swalwell appeared to pass gas while talking to MSNBC host Chris Matthews about impeaching President Trump. So far, he says, The evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to cheat the California Democrat said before an audible farting type sound could be heard. The congressman <laughs> soldiered on despite the brief distraction, which could have been a technical glitch, they say. Yeah. I don't know what kind of technical glitch is that, you know? <laughs> Swalwell is a former 2020 Democratic presidential candidate, and he dropped out earlier this year after saying he did not see a pathway to winning the nomination. Well, if you're dropping bombs on live TV, that's hard. <laughs> yes. Hard. But he kind of like, he hesitated, you yeah, know? Right, yeah, no, <laughs> In yeah. In the middle of no, it. He- he, he definitely did it. As yeah. someone who's farted many times, <laughs> I, his reaction was that of a fart. Right? Yes, yes. It wasn't one. Like, that didn't just come over the audio portion of it. He he definitely did it. Now, of course, he has been questioned about this, and he has said that it wasn't him. Right. But 
because he denied it, if, therefore right. we know he supplied it. You, if that happens, exactly. <laughs> if that happens, you got to own it. You know, I mean, that's all you can do. I would have said, yes, someone pulled my finger. You know, yeah. like, it was me. I'm sorry. Somebody walked by and pulled my finger. Uh oh. I'm getting a telephone call. I think this is Deidre. Hello? Hey. Hey. What are y'all doing for dinner? Um, well, me and Tiny are recording the podcast right now. You're live on the air. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. no, no. You're fine. You're fine. How's I didn't work? tell you. How's work going? Are you letting my children starve? No, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. They're eating corn dogs. A nutritious <laughs> meal of corn dogs. Okay. Thomas and Hudson were supposed to put them in the oven about five thirty, so yeah, they should have all have eaten. Logan has a loose tooth, by the way. Cool. Yeah, and so you know his his yeah, it's very dramatic, very dramatic. But we got most of his well, not most of it, but some of his project done today, working on the research part. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you go. Do you have anything you want to say to our listeners? Um, not at all. Oh, I was hoping for uh, like <laughs> I had the greatest husband in the world or something like that, but whatever. Everybody I'll, already knows that. I don't have to. Uh huh. Yeah. Whatever. I need to hear it every once in a while, but that's fine. I only took you on a trip to a foreign land, a tropical destination. But that's fine. That's fine. You don't have anything to say. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love you. Okay. I love you. Bye. Bye. Right, bye. Anyways, Deidre Long, everybody. That's my wife, Deidre Long, <laughs> one of the queens of Earth Oddity. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, so he says, uh, Swalwell here, back to farting, <laughs> which I could have interviewed my wife about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, Swalwell denied being the source of the flatulent sound, but such did not st- stop Donald Trump Jr. from claiming it was from the it was the most intelligible thing to come out of Swalwell in years. <laughs> and he helped get the hashtag fartgate going. Uh, MSNBC's Harbaugh revealed that the noise heard by viewers was really a mug scraping across the desk in the studio. Likely story. Yeah. we've. I mean, that's in high school when you have a, you think you're going to have like a little cheek sneak and it turns into a, into a seat rattler, you know, and you try to like drag your foot across the ground or something. Yeah, we we have all been there. So, um, they're just trying to cover for him. Fake news, y'all. This man farted on the air, and that's fine. I mean, everybody farts. Let's just be let's be real here. Except my wife. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, let's see here. This is going to be my last story. Okay, instead of in lieu of a story, I'm actually just going to share a public announcement with everybody. Okay, public service announcement. I'm on meth. I'm on meth. I'm on it, too. So am I. So am I. I'm on meth. Meth is not someone else's problem. It's everyone in South Dakota's problem. And we need everyone to get on it. Heck yeah. I'm on it. I'm on it, too. Meth. We're on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> South Dakota starts sounding like a lot more fun place to me. There's no way that's going to be misinterpreted. <laughs> but anyway, South Dakota's new slogan, meth, we're on it. Mm-hmm. You can find they got a website here that came up in that ad. Uh, you can go to ownmeth.com all right. and learn all about it. Okay. <laughs> and so that's their new like state slogan to prevent people from being on meth 
is to just <laughs> go ahead and have everybody declare their own meth so they actually don't try meth. It's really brilliant, you know, when you think about it. So, you know. Yeah. That's fine. You know, I mean, um, I'm on it is a pretty, you know, like, hey, Tiny, I need you to do this for the podcast. You I'm go, on hey, it. I'm on it. You know, right. Right. Or, hey, we need you to do this at work. I'm on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty normal. Uh-huh. But you usually don't preface that with meth. Right. You know? well, <laughs> I just feel like maybe maybe whoever they paid to do the ad campaign here, uh-huh. they were like, let's take the easy way out here and let's do something very simple. And then no one anywhere thought to say, hey, guys, uh, this is saying meth. I'm on it. And we got a lot of people going, I'm on meth in the commercial. Maybe we need to rethink this. Well, when I spoke to Governor Christy Noem, mm-hmm. she told me that it was that or meth. Is it in you? Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. OK, I would have picked it, too. Yeah, yeah. I would have picked it, too. Oh, well, you know. And of course, Alabama's slogan got meth. That's right. Well, that's what I thought. Meth, we're <laughs> yeah. on it, is was our state motto. Yeah, ours is got meth. <laughs> got meth? Question mark. <laughs> but for real, kids, don't try meth. <laughs> no, you know I don't. That's nobody's success story begins with I got on meth and my life really turned around for the better. Right. You know? So let's not let's not get on meth, kids. Well, let's talk about some elite athletes. Okay. I love sports. Everybody loves sports. That's normal, right? <laughs> right. So a soccer manager in Europe here for Inter Milan, mm-hmm. his name is Antonio Conte, says he advises his players how to have sex as part of his training regime. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, is there a right and a wrong way to, to do it? I would and, say there's definitely a wrong way to do it, how right? Does, how does it affect the game? <laughs> well... <laughs> He says the Italian who took over at the uh, at San Siro during the summer has developed a reputation for his detailed methodology. Sounds a lot like saving, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Cesc Fabregas, who played for him at Chelsea, said he is meticulous. However, the 50-year-old's admission that the, his management techniques extend into the bedrooms of his players is a new and surprising insight into the level of detail that he is willing to go Two for marginal gains. <laughs> well, I was about to say, you know, they you say, trust the process, Tiny. <laughs> they say marginal, yeah, but uh, this will play out on the field if it really works or not, right? Well, look, I'm pretty much. I'm going to read to you what he says, and I'm pretty much an elite soccer player. Okay. <laughs> During the season, I advise my players to have sex for short periods and with minimal effort. <laughs> And they better use positions where they are under their partners. (laughs) And preferably with their wives, because if with others, well, that needs extra action. (laughs) Conti's intrusive method of man management appears to be working. Since the former Juventus and Italy boss took over at Inter, the team has lost just three matches in all competitions <laughs> and won 10 of its 12 Series A games. Inter sits just one point behind league leaders Juventus, I think that's how you say that, in the race for the Scudetto, <laughs> I guess is the, the cup they're going for. Many club players are thriving under Conte, most notably strike duo Romulo Lukaku 
<laughs> Lortaro <laughs> Martinez. They've scored 17 goals between them this season. So, anyway, so Lukaku goes on to say, my report with Conte is very strong, and he is a coach who really helps me. At the age of 26, I want a coach like this who helps me every day and gives me motivation. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here and to be working with him. So, anyways, I'm ready to sign with a soccer club uh, wherever. Yeah, I've got this part down pat. <laughs> Short periods of time and minimal effort is pretty much my go-to move. You <laughs> Next know? time date night rolls around, I'm going to tell my wife I'm trying out for the soccer That's team. That's right, yeah. <laughs> trying to save a little energy here, you know? And I like how he threw in, it better be with your wives instead of somebody else because that requires extra effort. <laughs> yes. Like you got to show out with your mistress or whatever, <laughs> right. try some weird stuff. So, yeah, I, I appreciate that about this guy <laughs> so i need you to do all the work honey because right. <laughs> this is orders from the soccer coach okay right <laughs> well i've heard tale of like you know football coaches telling their guys not to overextend themselves the night before a game or whatever <laughs> you know you don't have as much energy as possible <laughs> right you know or like if you're in baseball and you're on a streak and maybe when you got on the streak, you weren't having relationships with your significant other. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have relationships until the streak ends and things <laughs> like that. But never like a like a regime or a, a, right. a, like a, a training regiment. That's what I'm trying to say <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for it. Oh, know? man. So anyways, just remember minimal effort. She better be on top, by the way, <laughs> and uh, short periods of time. I got all those down pat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go to that's hunt, that was honeymoon night for us. So <laughs> got, got it down pat. All right. Oh man. Okay, we want to thank our sponsor, World Famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, for their support. Check them out at CajunCurl.com. You can order the spice and the Cajun Curl Cutter for Potatoes all right there on CajunCurl.com. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, eggs, and anything else you can think of putting it on. The Spiral Potato Cutter is absolutely amazing. It's easy to use, it's easy to clean, and it will allow you to make your own chips using the Cajun Curl Spice. Imagine your dog gets in your Ford Taurus and is driving <laughs> in circles in reverse in the cul-de-sac. If you bring out some Cajun Curl Potato Chips for the firemen and policemen and your neighbors who are all gathered there, especially the one whose mailbox you knocked over. <laughs> it's going to make everybody happy. You're probably not even going to have to pay for a new mailbox, you know? Yeah. So the, the uh, homemade potato chips will definitely change your life. On the website, CajunCurl.com, you can not only order the original Bayou Blended Spice, but the Cajun Curl Chip Cutter as well. Also there, you'll find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing, and you can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it. Here locally, uh, it's available at Vowels Fresh Market on Skyland Boulevard, South's Finest Meats, the uh, March Mart in downtown Northport, and the Piggly Wiggly on uh, Learning Wallace Boulevard. All their products are made in the USA, 
So not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel like a representative passing gas on a news network (laughs) while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, it's low salt, and it has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10. That's EOP and the number 10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. That's right. Okay, our latest review comes to us from Matt TSB okay. on Apple Podcast. I know Matt. I bet you I know Matt. Well, let's let's see. Okay. This review is five stars. Excellent. Titled Fun Podcast and Great Anecdotes. All right. For those of you who don't know what that is, I believe it's a garnish for a salad. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was what you put on pizzas, the little fish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, started listening because I go to church with both of them and wanted to see what it's about. Oh, this to- could be bad for us. <laughs> To my delight, it's a very funny podcast that never fails to make me laugh. All right. I listen regular. (laughs) Such a hard word. (laughs) I listen regularly because I have a very boring job, and this is a great way to pass the time. Keep up the good work. And P.S. John, not everyone in the college group are nerds. Okay. False. Matt, you are the sole (laughs) cool person. Exactly. In the college group. That's true. Yes. Um, I don't even remember saying this is who I thought it was, you know, when he said it, because he told me he listened the other night yeah. when we were packing shoeboxes for needy kids. You yeah. Know? And uh, and so uh, I'm glad he left us a review. But he, I, like he said something that I said, I was like, man, I don't, I don't even remember the stuff I say on the show. Like, I don't even know what I can't I said. be held responsible for yeah. what I say on a podcast. Uh, it's just verbal diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. It just comes out. Yeah. And then I don't even worry about it anymore. I clean up and leave. You know, (laughs) so, um, but no, I appreciate Matt. Matt's a really great dude. Yeah. Be honest with you. My wife thinks Matt is like an awesome guy, you know, and, uh, she thinks that he's the the pick of the litter out of the college guys who come. So <laughs> it makes John a little jealous. Not really. <laughs> Not really. Not really. I've just explained my sexual prowess. <laughs> so I'm not worried at all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not worried at all. All right. But yeah, I love Matt. He's a good dude. And uh, I'm glad that I've gotten to know him here over the past few months that Deidre and I have been working with the college group. Mm-hmm. So. Um, he's, uh, he's a good guy. So if we've learned anything here, mm-hmm. Matt's cool. That's right. The rest, rest of, of them, them are, nerds. are nerds. Yeah. And that goes for your hot blonde girlfriend too, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's a nerd. <laughs> but if they want to be cool, they can start listening to this podcast. That's right. And they won't be nerds anymore. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Matt's the only one who's actually <laughs> listened that I know of. <laughs> right. You know, but a lot of people at church who said they were going to listen. I don't think that ever has listened. I think maybe that's worked out for the best. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got one church fellow church member who's designing us a logo. Should be here any day. You remember? <laughs> yes. you remember? We're going to have a logo any day now. Just yeah. waiting. Waiting on it. <laughs> well, uh, oh, yeah. We want to plug our live show. That's right. Which it I still is. haven't responded to on Facebook, by the way. Yes. I'm going to wait until the day before to say I'm going. I was just fixing to say, there's a Facebook event. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I keep telling y'all because I know that y'all haven't heard me say this before. <laughs> but uh, you can go on there. You can click interested. You can click going. 
What I would really like for you to do is click invite friends yeah. and invite all your friends. So it'll pop up in their notifications That's that, right. hey, there's this thing going on. Yep. We're yep. going to do a live show. It's it's going to be some odd news, but we're also working up some material. Mm-hmm. We are going to be reading people's Christmas confessions. That's right. And we are going to be absolving them of any yes. wrongdoing towards Santa. Yeah. And putting them on the nice list. I'm going to be listing everything I hate about Christmas. <laughs> yes. So that may take up 30 minutes <laughs> right. if I am able to give explanations <laughs> as to why I hate it and everything, too. There's going to be cookies. There's going to be hot cocoa. Yeah. We're going to have a good time. It's on December 13th at mm-hmm. lunchtime, and we would like for you to come and hang out with us for a little while. Yeah. And it's not just because me and Tiny are trying to become famous and not have to work <laughs> jobs anymore. That's only uh, that's only 60% of what yeah, we're doing. Right. The other 40 is we want to help <laughs> needy children and help needy families with furniture needs. Um, and we're trying to find raise funds to get bedding for kids. If only we knew someone who worked at a furniture company <laughs> that could help us out. Um, but right now we're just going to try to get donations. Yes. Yeah. So Friday the 13th. That's right. Next month. That's right. SD Allen Ministries. That is at 1220 17th Street, Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. Alabama, right. 35401. Yep. Come on out. You can come right. on your lunch hour, 11 to 1. It's Friday be a the 13th. Lot you can wake up, listen to the new episode of Where's the Line? Aren't <laughs> yeah, they still right. drop it on the 13th? They are. And, uh, and then come on over to our show. Yeah. Yeah. And help out some needy kids and get some food and hear me rant about all the things that <laughs> suck about Christmas. So. That night is going to be the West Alabama Christmas Parade. That's right. So you can drop by there after you've heard John rant about how he hates it. <laughs> That's right. I don't like Christmas parades. I don't like parades in general. <laughs> yes. By the way, I'm not. Have I told you this? I'm not a parade guy. <laughs> you have. Told I me think this. parades are stupid. <laughs> I think they're the stupidest thing. And let's all go stand on the sidewalk and watch stuff drive by. You know, it's and really bad for the environment. <laughs> I don't even care about the environment in this regard. John don't care about the environment in y'all. this regard. They're just stupid. You know, like every even like the Macy's Thanksgiving parade where they have like the big <laughs> yes. balloons and stuff. It's stupid. Like, why do I want to go stand out and just watch this stuff come by? Well, you know? after you go to the Christmas parade on the 13th, the next night, Saturday, you can watch the parade on the water. Oh, and yeah, all the boats right. go by. Christmas on the river, right. Yeah, Christmas on the river is yeah. uh, December 14th. Yeah. So The just- weekend before is Christmas on the river in Demopolis, <laughs> by the way, for all of our Demopolis liver- listeners. <laughs> all of our Demopolis livers. Yes. I have a liver <laughs> bank down there yes. because of my alcohol problem. <laughs> well, anyway, so it's just going to be a great weekend all the way around. But, oh, yeah. But kick it off with us, the Earth Oddity Podcast Off the Floor Show. Yeah. Come so, on in. I mean, I know we have listeners worldwide, listeners in New Zealand. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. uh, come on up for the show. You know, Tiny will let you crash at his place. SDAllen.org if you want to donate online. That's right. And I guess that's it. You got anything else? Don't Google the name of New Zealand's badminton team. <laughs> he's not He's not kidding, y'all. Do Don't not do it. Google the name of bad New Zealand's badminton team. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Don't. You have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you for listening to us no matter where you get us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Spotify, we're on them all. That's right. 
If you would like to write into the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. Mm-hmm. If you would like to tweet at us, you can tweet at us on Twitter. That is at underscore earthoddity on Twitter. That's right. Still, I'm still <laughs> virtually unknown on Twitter. Well, you're practically invisible. That's right. Practically invisible. Do you like pictures? Because we post pictures. We do. You, you can look at those pictures. I've been on a bad streak lately. I haven't posted too many, but I'm still I'm having a lot of stuff to do every day at work. I've got, I've got to get my routine worked out. Okay? Sometimes we post pictures. Yeah, we do. That's we do. underscore Earth Oddity on Instagram. See if you can find me on Instagram. You know? <laughs> yeah. Slightly easier. A little on bit Instagram. easier. Right. A little bit easier. And if all of that fails, we still have a phone number. What's that phone number? 662 493 2059. That's 662-493-2059. We hope everyone out there has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the French Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. <laughs>